Welcome to the Good Life Podcast, where we dig deep into simple and practical ways to help break through the challenges and hardships so we can experience the good life with your host, Ben Swicegood. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of the Good Life Podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest on the show. I actually have my mother on the show. Hi, mom. How are you? Hi, I'm good. So today I'm really excited and I want you to uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself before we get into what we're going to talk about today. Okay. I'm retired. I worked for 40 years as a medical secretary, then an administrative assistant. I've recently gotten married again. I've only been married for three years. Um, My hobby is drawing. I just started that hobby a few years ago. Um, I teach an adult Sunday school class at church. I love my family. I'm crazy about my two beautiful grandchildren. And that's just what I do. Yes. And I would agree with with all of that. And then definitely the last two. Okay. So retired now, living a different life than maybe a lot of our viewers. Tell us a little bit about... Um, before retirement, more about what you did, what your occupation was, your career. Okay. Before retirement, I was a medical secretary for many years. That's what I went to school for. I worked in the hospital and also worked in doctor's offices. Um, Then I was administrative assistant. Um, I had several jobs doing that. My last job was with the state of Virginia, and that's where I retired from. It was a good job for me because it required being organized, and um, I was very good with with doing that. I was good with keeping files and just keeping the office organized. I always liked uh, typing and shorthand and all those kind of things that people don't do anymore. But I did move through the computer age and ended up, um, thank goodness, being uh, fairly computer literate as time went on. Um, We didn't start out with computers. We started out with just regular um, typewriters. And then just I just moved through the whole computer age. So so that was kind of interesting to see how things started and how they ended up in my career. But I love retirement. I'm I'm enjoying retirement very much. (laughs) Yes, yes, I know you are. All right. Well, I want to get a little bit into the story and the topic for today. I think it's going to be a very... Um, Good topic for a lot of people. I think it's a very relevant topic for the times that we're in. We are going through a virus called the coronavirus. We are in self-quarantine, social distancing. Uh, More and more people are wearing masks everywhere you go. People are wearing gloves. People are staying six feet apart, and you can't have more than 10 people in a room. So that's where we are in April 2020. So I want to talk to you a little bit about a subject that I know about, your past, your childhood, your upbringing. Tell us a little bit about that and if there was a challenge or a struggle or something um, that really sticks out from that time of your life. Okay. Um, Yes, there there were several challenges. Um, I grew up in a home with abuse, alcoholism, and domestic violence. And at times, I did not feel safe. Um, All of this was hidden. It was uh, outwardly, probably things seemed okay for the most part. 
Um, there were some good times. I have some good memories. Um, my mother made me beautiful dresses. My, my dad made the best homemade fudge I've ever tasted. But the good times could very quickly change and become bad times. And that the inconsistency of that was very confusing um, to a young child. But I want to be respectful of my parents. Um, I also want to be open and honest about this topic because I feel like it is an important one. Um, I think my parents were probably dealing with some issues I didn't know about or understand. I know there was a history in their own families of abuse, alcoholism, maybe even mental illness, and they just didn't get the help they needed. Um, things were just not talked about during that time. We didn't have the resources then that we have now. And also, no one interfered in family matters. All of that was uh, within the family. Neighbors, teachers, other relatives, no one interfered. And during that time, I, I really felt there was no one to help me. But like I say, outwardly, things, most, for the most part, seemed okay. And we actually went to church on Sundays. I was saved when I was 12 years old. And um, I, was, I remember being very thankful to find out that Jesus loved me. That just made, made me feel so much better because I felt like I had some help and also had a, a loving grandmother, and that was very helpful. Um, over time, things became worse. There was more alcohol use, and things became worse. Um, I did hang in there, though. I actually graduated from high school and went to college. Um, I started working. I got married. I had a wonderful son. <laughs> <laughs> um, I visited my parents, but it became harder and harder. I didn't live in the same town with them anymore. It just became harder and harder, especially after I got married and had you. Um, so I visited less and less. But then there, were, there, there came times in my life where I suffered with depression and just trying to handle life. Um, it just sometimes was overwhelming. But I did get professional help. And um, I, I went through therapy. Uh, I was on medicine for a while. And from all of that, I had some tools that I could use and still use today. Um, one important tool was to set, aside, set yourself some task each day, make a list of things to do that you can accomplish in a day. And I still do that. I still make lists. Another real important thing was not to isolate yourself, be around other people. And biggest thing of all, don't go to bed when you're feeling kind of low. Just uh, don't do that. That was a biggie. Part of the problem, I think, with my depression was was probably unforgiveness and bitterness in my heart. Um, at this time, I was not in a close relationship with God. So I got involved in church. I got involved in serving others and just kind of the, just uh, stopped thinking about myself so much, started thinking about other people. And gradually over time, I got past the depression and I was able to forgive. And actually, not that I'm totally grateful for my childhood, but I don't feel the same way about it now as I did at one time, because I can look back and see that it made me stronger. And it helped me be able to handle other challenges that came up in my life. And I definitely had some challenges, the depression, uh, divorce, 
um, your addiction. There were some challenges that came up in my life, but I feel like what happened as a child made me stronger and I was able to handle all these. And during this, my whole life, my one big thing has been a strong determination to break those patterns of abuse and alcohol. And I did not want to continue to live my life as a victim. I, I was so determined to break that pattern. Um, I had a conversation with both my parents before they died. I visited my mom in the hospital. I talked to my dad on the phone when he was in a nursing home. And we didn't talk about the past or anything that had happened, but I felt like things were okay between us. And both my parents died of alcohol-related illnesses, and so did my brother. Um, so that's pretty much my story. Wow. Okay. Um, so that was a lot. Um, yeah. Thank you for, <laughs> yeah. for sharing all that. But there's a lot of things that I want to go over. I don't know if we have time to hit them all, but I'm going to try to hit some of these highlight points. So first thing that stuck out to me that – that you talked about that I think is a really valid point. And I think it's even still pretty relevant to what we do today, um, different times, obviously. But you mentioned that um, it wasn't talked about, right? It, whatever the it is, isn't always talked about. So I wonder how many people, maybe they're listening to this, um, Mm -hmm. are going through something, whether it's, you know, alcohol or, or abuse or, addiction or depression or anything and they're not talking about it right um because i feel like that's where you kind of got into the keeping it in the family and feeling like no one is there to help um Uh i really think it's it's very traumatic if you hold things in Uh um i think that just leads to more problems and and you touched up briefly on on my little challenges with addiction but there was many years where I kept that a secret there was many years that mm-hmm. that you and uh my dad didn't know anything about what was right. really going on with me so I think it's very important to mm-hmm. be open and honest with our loved ones and if we're parents to make sure that we have a um comfort level to make sure that we have a safe environment mm-hmm. that would um, cater to children feeling open enough to be able to share right. what they're going through because I think keeping right. things in really can lead to some major problems. So um, I love all that stuff and I think that's impactful. My next big question for you then, um, knowing all of that now that you went through, um, how did you or what was it that you would say or that you would credit to um, you overcoming those things because I, I know you personally. You were able to graduate, go to college, get a nice job, get married, have a good family. Mm-hmm. You know, including me. Um, you know, all <laughs> these things. So, how are you able to overcome those challenges? Uh, well, I think first of all, my faith was a big factor in all of that. Uh, once I learned that Jesus loved me, I counted on him to help me. I uh, asked for protection. I asked for guidance, wisdom. And I know that he did that for me. He protected me. And he gave me a tool to use early in my life. He, he put a determination in me to be different from what I, the way I grew up. I was determined to break that cycle of abuse and alcoholism, break the, I guess you would call it a generational curse. 
And I, I was just so, that there was just a determina- a strong determination in me to do that and to be different from, um, to be a different type of parent, to have a different type of home life. And um, it was just that determination, really, that it was just uh, strong in me from as far back as I can remember. Yeah, where do you think that determination came from? Well, I think it came from God. I mean, I I, I prayed for help. I prayed for, you know, wisdom to know what to do. Um, I was not able to leave because, of, you know, uh, I didn't want to run away from home and, and not have any, any kind of future at all. Um, I just seemed to have that determination to have a better life, but I knew I had to wait until I could have that. I had to do all the right things first, graduate, um, go to college. I, I had a student loan. I paid for that, got a job, did all the things in order that, that went through the whole process. Um, and just, uh, I, I just, I endure, I just endured. And, mm-hmm. um, that's interesting. So someone, somewhere in your life, someone must have painted a picture of how life could be. Because what you described, a lot of people never see a way out. They never see the other side of it, right? right? They stayed locked into that mindset because they think Mm -hmm. this is normal. This is all there is. You knew it wasn't normal. You knew that getting out was a good thing, going to college, getting a job, having a family. You knew that there was another side. And so I think the determination obviously came from God, but there was somewhere, somehow you must have had some kind of a vision or godly uh, insight maybe to that there's got to be something better than this. And that gave you the determination in the fight to get out. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. And I think probably my grandmother, you know, it was like we didn't talk about anything, but she was so kind and loving and sweet and encouraging and gave me the confidence that you can do anything you want to do. You know, she just uh, was a very um, big influence in my life. And then as I got older, I would see other people and how they lived. And I saw that it was different from the way I lived. And I knew, I just knew there was a different, just knew there was another way. I just knew there had to be another way. I could see it in other people's lives. I could hear it in her, uh, the things that she said to me. And I just knew, I just knew. Yep. So huge point right there that you made was, putting yourself in the right places around the right right people. Um, If you're in a situation or if you're around people that are always bringing you down, you have to really ask yourself, are these the best people for me to spend the most time with? Mm -hmm. Now, when it's your family, a spouse, parents, obviously that can be difficult, but you got to make sure that you find the right people that you can hang around some so that you can start to see a better way, a different way, um, an out as it was for Mm -hmm. you because that to me is how you were able to break through and break the patterns. Now, it seems kind of like this substance abuse and and different types of addiction skipped you for the most part and then landed on me. Yeah, I know. And so, you know, and I've had to really be determined and break it, which I did Mm -hmm. break it. Um, But do you have any insight, any, anything on that? Because you got to see it from both sides, right? You got to see it. Above you and below you. So it'd be interesting to hear your take on that. 
Well, I think you just hit on uh, your determination. Um, I, I just always felt like you were putting yourself in a place that you did not belong. And I knew, I, I probably told you many times, um, you're not, this is not who you are. You can, you can be a different person than this. And I think that maybe got through to you in the back of your mind that was rolling around. And you saw different ways. You saw a different way of living because that's how you grew up. Mm -hmm. um, there was no abuse or alcoholism in our family when you were growing up. So you, you saw that that wasn't uh, the only choice that you had. You knew there was another way and another choice. And I think maybe I passed on that determination to you. I don't know. But I think you had that in you or you would have never gotten past all of it, of what you got past. So you had a strong determination too. And then once you, um, once you had the faith in Jesus that, you know, that got you through too. So. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, um, tell me a little bit more about overcoming the challenges. If someone's listening right now and, they're dealing with that from parents, spouse, um, or just an addiction or a depression um, mm -hmm. that's maybe self-inflicted more than from parents or spouse. What mm -hmm. advice would you give to them if they came to you or if they were sitting in the room with us right now um, and they needed some encouragement or some advice? What's, what's something, if anything, would you say to them? Well, I think this is a timely subject because I know that now that with what we're going through, there is an increase in alcoholism, in child abuse and domestic violence. And unfortunately, that usually goes along with financial stress. So my first thing would be get out of the environment. And I don't know what that would look like to different people. It's different. For I was not able to until later. Um, but there's so many resources out there now. There's so much help available. There's hotlines, there's organizations, and you know, um, teachers um, in school can, can spot things, and there's just a lot available for people now. Mm -hmm. So m my first thing would be um, when or if it's possible, get out of the environment if it's unsafe. Mm -hmm. And then another thing would be, um, to overcome something like that, professional help. I mean, there's no shame in that. You know, you need um, s some tools to handle things. You, you know, when you've grown up in an environment like that, uh, there's damage that's been done and you need to try to repair that damage and, and have some tools to handle life and not just give up and go to bed. Um, Faith is a big part of my story. There's a tape that can play in my head. If I, let, if I let it, that tape would play forever. It's an old tape that says, you're never going to amount to anything. You're stupid. Um, I have to replace that tape and choose to play a new tape. Uh, the new tape is who God says I am. So that's something that's very important to me is faith. And then just helping other people, just getting out of yourself and be it, it's not being so self-absorbed and poor me and I'm so pitiful and, you know, I have so many problems. Just get out of yourself and help other people serve in the community, the church, just something about others rather than just yourself all the time. That would be my advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as you were giving those points and that advice, one of my favorite scriptures that, that I'm sure you know came to mind, and that was Romans 12, 2, 
of not being conformed to this world or your situation because it can become normal to you, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so it literally does take work Mm -hmm. to renew your mind. You would literally have to train yourself, new thought patterns, new belief system, um, you know, whether you do affirmations or whether you replace the tape, mm-hmm. something has to change. Right. If you yes. want things to change, yes. my favorite mentor, Jim Rohn, says you have to change. So I love it. I love right. all of that. That's great advice. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up <laughs> soon, but I want to ask one more question that I always ask my guests, and I'm even going to ask my mom, what does the good <laughs> life, what does the good life mean to you? Well, the good life to me means, first of all, making peace with the past. And that usually requires forgiveness, but there's so much freedom in that. And then the second part of that would be participate in the present. Um, As a senior citizen, sometimes when we retire, we just want to be a spectator. But it's, I think it's very important to be a participant and live in the present, not the past or the future, but stay active and stay connected to other people. Um, like I said, I recently married and we, we have, uh, we do go on trips together. We do other things together. It's nice to have that companionship late in life. I love my family. I love my grandkids, my hobby of drawing and um, helping others, teaching the Sunday school, just staying active. And even now with what's going on, we can still use the phone, email, FaceTime, and just stay connected with others. So I think staying active and staying connected is is the good life to me. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, mom, thank you so much for coming on my podcast <laughs> and for talking about oh, this subject. I'm sure it wasn't easy to relive all of this, but I really think it could help someone um, that's kind of stuck. Right. I hope so. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. So thank you so much. And I appreciate you being on here. Once again, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And would love it if you would leave a rating and a review. It, it would really help me get in front of more people. And as always, if you know someone that could benefit from experiencing the good life, I ask that you share this episode and this podcast with them. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.